Welcome into the Get Out of Porn podcast. I'm your host, Joe Wilkie. I apologize for the delay in this one coming out. It was supposed to come out last Friday. I will have another one coming out on Friday, so there will be two this week to catch us up. But I want to jump into what the church can do about the addiction. There are a lot of people in the church that want nothing to do with this addiction. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to think about it. They uh, they actively avoid words like porn and sex in the church because, well, it's difficult to talk about, right? We don't really want to get into it too much. And so the church a lot of times will steer clear of this, and it leaves the addicts in the church feeling like there's nowhere to turn. I would love to be able to talk with my fellow guys about this because I'm sure maybe, you know, a couple of them are struggling or maybe I'm the only one. I don't know, right? And then we end up isolating ourselves, not really reaching out because we don't know who's an addict and who's not. And it's a very shameful thing. And so when it comes to coming clean in in front of the church, some guys take the steps of going forward, which is fantastic. I think that's great. But then what? What does the church do? A lot of times they have nothing in place to help them. And that's what I want to change. I, I think each church needs to be equipped with an understanding of how to help the addicts in their life or in their church and what they can do to take steps moving forward. And so here's just a few thoughts that I had on what I think a church can do. First is a church needs to create an environment of confession in general. If you're not open with your sins, if you can't talk about your sin of grumbling, your sin of gossip, your sin of lying, your sin of anger, um, you know, lashing out in anger at your kids or whatever it may be, and, and nobody in the church wants to talk about their sins, Do you really think a porn addict is going to come forward and talk about his sins or her sins? Do you think they're going to utilize uh, an environment that is incredibly closed off, that doesn't share even the most uh, basic of sins? And I hate to say it that way, but truly, I mean, there's a lot of shame associated with sins of a sexual nature. Not as much associated with sins uh, dealing with anger, dealing with gossip, because, you know, yeah, everybody kind of does it. I understand that's really difficult, but, well, not everybody is looking at porn, whoa, that's really bad. Well, unfortunately, statistically, lots of the guys in their church are looking at porn. They just don't know what to do with it. So the first thing that a church can do, I think, is be open with your sins. If you are a church member listening to this who does not struggle with the addiction, work on creating an openness by being open with your own sins. And if you are an addict in your church, what do you do? Talk to the elders, talk to the men of the congregation, and start working on how can we create and foster an environment of confession, accountability, and openness. I think that's huge. Another thing the church can do is establish accountability groups in what I would say would be family or spouse groups, especially the spouse groups, because there's a lot of women that are struggling from their husband's addiction, or maybe even some husbands struggling from their wife's addiction that need support. They don't know where to turn. They have no idea what they can what they can even do and and so having somebody that even if you have to bring somebody in from the community that knows this stuff having somebody that might be able to run a group you know if the church can pay for books and get a specific book that they can use for an accountability group even that can be very helpful and healthy but establishing accountability groups gives these men an outlet does that mean all the men are going to come out of the woodwork and and immediately flock to the uh, accountability group no Not likely. At the same time, it lets them know where to turn. When they're ready to get out of the addiction, there's already something in place and they don't have to worry about, well, I'm the only one here that struggles with it. Statistically, that's nearly impossible for that to happen if there are more than 10 plus guys in your group, um, especially any young guys. So 
I think the church should do a better job of establishing an environment of confession and openness, but also establishing accountability groups and support groups for the spouse, for the family if need be, um, to help with understanding the addiction and, and to help these guys get out of the addiction. The third thing I think a church can do is frequently talk about sex and God's plan in classes and in sermons. We don't ever talk about sex. We certainly don't talk about God's plan for sexuality. Um, if if we do talk about sex, it's in a negative context. Don't fornicate. Uh, obviously, don't look at porn, things like that, if they are going to discuss it. But we don't really know what to run toward. We know what not to do. We don't know what to do. What I uh, This is what I call donut theology. Do not do this. Do not do that, right? It's, and it's kind of a joke, the donut theology, and I may have mentioned it before, but at the middle is missing the core. What is the core? Well, God's plan. God's design, why he designed sexuality in general, what we should be chasing instead of porn. If the church were to frequently talk about these things, maybe it wouldn't be so taboo. Maybe it wouldn't be as difficult to be open with your sins, your struggles with porn addiction. Fourth, the church needs to consistently teach the grace of Christ. It's very easy to come down hard on the addicts in our in our group. And for whatever reason, I feel like alcoholics and other addicts maybe get more of a pass, though they might disagree with this, so I'm not calling anybody out. If they if somebody has been through that, I have not. At the same time, it seems like people are almost more willing to understand some of that addiction. Um, but I know there's a lot of stigma surrounding that too. So there's stigma around addiction in general, but we get the grace of Christ so wrong. We think that if you're not perfect, you don't get grace, and so you have a lot of people that act perfect. Well, if you struggle with the same sin, then God's not going to forgive you. That's not true. The question is, what are you doing to get out of the sin? God knows your heart. Are you pursuing sobriety, or are you pursuing the addiction? If you're pursuing the addiction, yes, you stand condemned. If you are pursuing sobriety, and and you're really pushing to get out of this, then I think there's grace for that. The church needs to consistently and accurately teach the grace of Christ, that addicts aren't necessarily lost. It's what we do. It's, It's what we're doing rather in an active sense, to get out of the addiction. The church needs to consistently teach this. Fifth, be in the addict's life as much as possible. If you're a church member, again, listening to this, and you know somebody who's struggling, contact them. Let them know you're available. Let them know you're praying for them, that you're ready to talk. You'd be happy to be an accountability partner. Even if you don't know what that means, reach out and let them know you care. But if you're an addict listening to this, be in everybody else's life as much as possible. If you want them in your life, make sure you are in their life. Make sure you're reaching out. You're not just having them come to support you in your addiction. You're praying for them. You're asking them how their week's going. You're meeting with them at Denny's for a cup of coffee and a Bible study, right? You're inviting them over to your home. Make sure that you are in their life as much as possible and as much as you want them to be in your life. Relationship is what gets us out of this addiction. So if we can establish really solid relationships, man, we're we're halfway there. Um, especially if in those relationships, we can start opening up about the addiction. We can start opening up about some of our struggles, get the prayers, get the support, get the accountability, get the love, the unconditional love, recognizing, man, I was open and honest about the worst and deepest, darkest parts of myself. And they're still here. They still love me. They're still praying for me. They still care about me. That does an unbelievable amount for an addict. If you're an addict listening to this, just know you are worthy of love. You are cared for. And your addiction does not make you a monster. It makes you somebody who's hurting, who's who's acting out of that hurt in an inappropriate way, but you are not a monster and you are deserving of being known. I know this because God wants to know you. 
God does know you. He's always cared that you know him. He wants the relationship with you going back to the beginning and will be in the end. So make sure that you remember that. But if you are a church member listening, please be active in the addict's life. Next, bear one another's burdens. This is Galatians 6.2. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Make sure that you are getting on their level. You're meeting their emotions. You're bearing their burdens with them. No, that doesn't mean you have to engage in the in the addiction with them. It means you're trying to understand what the addiction is. Get educated on this. Help them in bearing their burdens so you don't come in with this bland statement of, well, you just you perverts need to stop, or, well, why don't you just stop? Have you ever thought of that? What if you just read this book and, and got out of that? Uh, you just need to pray more. Those things, I hate to say, they don't work, okay? They don't work for most of us out there. So when we say bear one another's burdens, get on their level. Understand what they're going through. Be present for them, but don't just make these broad blanket statements. You want to get in the trenches with them and say, I'm here for you. I care about you. That's bearing one another's burdens. It's not just being as this last step, not just being in the addict's life as much as possible. It's getting on their level, getting educated and learning about them and bearing their burdens with them. When they're low, you're low, right? You get down there and and you help pull them out of there because you're the strong one and they're not, which is also the context of Galatians 6. Last but not least, pray often for your brothers and sisters in Christ and for opportunities to help. What can the church do? Pray for opportunities to help and pray for the open hearts of your brothers and sisters who are addicts in the church, that they might come to you and that you might have words of wisdom, that you might be able to help them. Pray for them, care about them, be there for them. So what can the church do? Create an environment of confession and openness. Be open with your sins. Second, establish accountability groups for the addicts, but also maybe some support groups for the spouse and for the families. Third, frequently talk about sex and God's plan for sex in your classes and in your sermons. Fourth, consistently teach the grace of Christ, accurately teaching the grace of Christ. Fifth, be in the addict's life as much as possible. Be available for them, praying for them, ready to talk, etc. Sixth, bear one another's burdens. And seventh, pray often for your brothers and sisters in Christ and for opportunities to help and that they might be open for those opportunities. So this is just a a quick one on how we as a church can really rally behind and rally around the addicts in our life and help them be the best that they can be and help them out of the addiction. We are not to stand on the sidelines and just go, man, I hope you get out of there. We want to get in the trenches with them. We want to help them. We want to create this environment of openness and accountability and intimacy and honesty and trust that will pull them out of the addiction. That's what will help is the relationship being known and knowing that they're loved. I appreciate you listening. Again, I apologize for the lateness in getting this out, but we will have a new episode dropping this Friday at 6 a.m. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the Get Out of Porn podcast.